That moo intro will sound particularly familiar to our podcast guest this week. That's right. We're taking this thing off-road and across hemispheres today to talk to one of our favorite New Zealand share milkers. First, I have to tell you guys this fun story of how we met. As many of us are aware, there are a lot of farmers on Twitter and especially in my little online community. I was flying down to New Zealand to visit some corporate customers and I thought, why not send out a tweet and see if I can visit some farms? Lucky for me, Matthew was one of the people to respond. And within weeks, I met his wife. She took me to Hobbiton and they fed me lamb and potatoes, a proper meal after visiting the Shire, of course. I wanted to have him on today to talk about how the tail end of the milk season is going in New Zealand. High Ground was anticipating February milk production to be around 4 or 5% growth, but after being adjusted for the leap year, we saw a 6.7% gain over prior year. That's a stellar print. Matthew, can you do me a favor and introduce yourself first before we talk about what's going on with the season? Hi. Yeah, thanks for having me on today. I'm only a, a stone's throw away from Hobbiton, so I'm in, in the Waikato, and I'm about uh, two hours south of Auckland and roughly 45 minutes from the coast. So we're sort of uh, leaning a little bit left on the top of the North Island and the in the centre of the North Island. We're milking 400 Kiwi Cross, so that's a, a Jersey Frisian Cross. They weigh about, on average, 460 kilos, New Zealand weight, and we're pr- predominantly a grass-based system, so we don't have any imported feed onto the farm. Uh, Brilliant. Yeah, I think there's a lot more people out there listening that don't fully understand the New Zealand milking system, which feeds more than 100 million people around the world uh, and a key driver of the economy there. Could you quickly break down what sets New Zealand apart? I think the biggest thing that sets New Zealand apart is our pasture-based system. Um, New Zealand can grow a lot of grass very quickly and cheaply, and we can utilize our pastures extremely well And with our moderate to temperate climate, our animals are outside all year round. So that really helps us focus purely just on milk production at low cost. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about how summer went for you and your cows, as well as the start to this autumn season. It looks like things were really drying out there for a bit. What was different this year that soil moisture and drought concerns didn't hamper milk as much as they did last summer? I think what's what's happened with us is that we actually got a quite consistent rain through November and December, right up to the build up until sort of until the summer really hit. And we were getting these small bouts of rain every 10 days to two weeks. So that lifted the soil moisture temperature. It also enabled us to grow grass ahead of ourselves going into summer. It gave our crops a, a well needed boost. And because of that, we were able to then milk uh, the cows a lot a lot easier in, than in normal summer conditions, purely because we had grass in front of us, the temperatures were, were moderate, and we had feed ahead of ourselves. I think you mentioned something to me about cancelling your uh, call truck. Did a lot of producers do that because of the strong milk price? So we cancelled the truck based on the results from two successful GDTs and the forecasts for rains were, were becoming stronger and stronger. So once we did have the rain and strong results of GDT, a lot of guys actually did postpone their, their cold cows um, purely because of the strong forecast indicators from Fonterra and the weather forecasts going forward. They were just too good to, to send cows away that we were milking well. 
Yeah. When's the last time you had a, a strong milk price and a favorable season? Uh, things have been pretty good this year. Yeah, they have. I think we, we'd be going back quite a few years now, at least five or six years that we could, um, you know, really look at those indicators that we had a combination of the both. You're always so optimistic, but I imagine the strong milk prices is, is certainly lifting a lot of producers' spirits in New Zealand. Are you still just as concerned about rising input costs on farm? Yes, our rising costs are becoming of a concern right across the board from guys like myself who are pasture-based to the, to the more higher input systems. And it's just reflective now of a climate that we're living in now. There's, there's more demand on, on labour costs, um, which are now being passed back down the, the chain. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Probably a lot of factors there, including you know transport costs, logistics now, are becoming harder, as we know, through through the COVID pandemic. So those costs are having to be passed back down to the consumer and obviously to us as a as a primary producer. I'm curious what your biggest concern might be over the next five years. Wow, that yeah, <laughs> there's probably too many to talk about on a on a short. <laughs> um, I think the biggest the biggest concern going forward is probably three three factors. One obviously is our climate patterns are changing and they're becoming more unpredictable. Uh, that would be a big one. The social license that the word that's being bandied around now and and particularly in in agriculture that is becoming because we people are becoming more disconnected with their food as populations increase especially in New Zealand so you know we we're having to contend with a social license and of course the costs with a New Zealand farming system based on the results of a GDT our our prices do fluctuate so they can go from a high of what we're achieving now to half that price at the opening forecast for the next season. And then we, we have to adjust literally at the flip of a coin, our whole system. So which becomes, for higher input systems, it becomes quite difficult. Whereas myself being pasture-based, we don't have to adjust as much because we are, despite having a, a lower milk production per cow, our costs are relatively stable right across the board. All right. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for that. I know the government's committed to an extensive emissions reduction plan in order to combat those climate change concerns. Do you think that will push more farmers to exit the industry? I think, it, yes, it's a, it's a combination of things now. Um, we're already hearing wind now that farms that are retiring or are being retired, they are uh, due to the the onset of the the more challenging climate regulation they're going into more land use change so they're going into horticulture kiwi fruit and avocados the family farm is being brought up by the neighbor who is able to absorb more cost so it's you know it's that typical it's classic you know global scenarios of what's happening around the world really so you know people have just gone we can't do this anymore we can do horticulture for maybe the same investment if we were to buy another farm, but our, we don't have to deal with a lot of the climate change regulation evolved um, around farming, particularly dairy now. So that's what's, that's what's already, it's already started here in New Zealand now that a lot of the, the farms that are in the kiwi fruit and avocado areas of New Zealand, uh, they are actually now already being swallowed up, you would say, by kiwi fruit 
corporates and avocados. Very interesting. Thanks so much for sharing that. I guess before we sign off here, because we always keep our episodes short and sweet and full of fantastic dairy market information, why don't you tell us how March is going for your farm and for your milk production expectations? I uh, heard from other folks in your region that uh, March was going to be another strong month. Yes, I I would agree. March is shaping up actually to be quite a good month again for us. Um, We're still up on month to date compared to last season so it's it's shaping out to be quite a good month even though it's we've had um a two week two and a half week dry spell uh there is rain on the forecast so everyone is really really holding on for this forecast rain over the next 72 hours and again that'll continue to drive us to to milk uh, more cows for longer so most people have got more feed on hand also going into march or going into early april so we're, we're not considering uh, drying any cows off at this stage, at least for the next three weeks, whereas normally in the past seasons, we would be looking at drying off cows with it at, at the end of this month, really going into the first week of April. So conditions are favourable, but it is very regional within the Waikato. That's our district. It is very regional where the rain has been. So we have to, we, you know, we're just playing it really on, on, the, on the weather gods at the moment. Brilliant. Thank you. Let's uh, let's hope China shows up at auction again in April to keep that milk price strong for you guys. I'm hoping so. <laughs> I, I think it will be, it certainly will be an interesting result. So we just keep our fingers crossed. But regardless, we're, we're still going to keep going because of the, the conditions are too favorable to, for us actually to, to pull the pin at this stage anyway. Perfect. Thank you. Those are all the questions I have for you. It's been great visiting. I'm sad that I missed out on flying over there this past spring, and I hope to see you and the family soon. Thanks. Yeah, we really look forward to it. Cheers.